Welcome to another episode of Lightworkers Lounge. I'm sitting next to a very special guest today. So as you guys know on Instagram, I just attended an astrology workshop downtown Telluride two days ago. And the astrologer, Tara, who taught the class was so amazing. She just breaks down astrology so well, I had to ask her to come on the show. So I am joined now by Tara Jade Nichols, an alchemy of astrology. She is one of my favorite astrologers. And she's a Scorpio. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I got to tell you, um, I just learned about astrology, like your moon sign, your rising sign, all the planets, a year and a half ago. I'm very new to this. Beforehand, I was just sun sign. So when I was dating or when I'd meet a new friend, I was like, oh, you're a Cancer. Eh, we're not going to click. I'm a Sagittarius. Your water's going to put my fire out. And you know what? Whenever people would ask me, what sign would you never date? Would you never be friends with? I was like, Scorpio. <laughs> That's because people either love Scorpios or hate them. <laughs> but now, you know, I always said Scorpios are so intense. They scare me. But then I found out my moon is in Scorpio. And I have a lot of Scorpio placements. So and actually, <laughs> with a moon in Scorpio, someone, a man with a sun Scorpio, would be a perfect match for really? marriage for you. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Very compatible. Whoa. And I was always like, no, never. And now meeting you, oh my gosh. And you have Scorpio rising too. Yes. And I'm just obsessed with you. Thank you. So (laughs) I'm like, now Scorpios are my favorite sign. So let's talk everything astrology. Okay. You are amazing. And you taught me about the North and South Node, which we're going to get into later in the episode. But Tara's helped me found my purpose in life, which I believe is Lightworkers Lounge. Spiritual pursuit with that Pisces North Node. So tell the audience how you got into astrology. Have you been an astrologer all your life? No. When did you get into it? Well, I took my first astrology class about 11 years ago when I was living Mm -hmm. in Kauai, and it was an evolutionary astrology class, which Mm -hmm. has to do with your North and South Node, which Mm -hmm. is about discovering your purpose, your soul's destiny, uh, your path, uh, your highest potential, what the soul came to learn in this lifetime. So that is kind of what initially turned me on to evolutionary astrology. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I was living in Asheville, North North Carolina, I had two different astrologers give me astrology readings, and they both told me that I should be an astrologer because it's something that I did in the past life, and it would be something that I picked up very easily Mm -hmm. and that it was my gift I had to share. And then one of them ended up becoming... Uh, my mentor. And I started studying with her one-on-one, and that's what developed into this love and passion for astrology. Totally meant to be. Yeah, you guys, with Tara, I was like, where did you study astrology? <laughs> I need to enroll today. But you had a there mentor. There are a lot of great schools I Do you around. have any you recommend? How uh, can I get on your level? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of books you can read, but uh, there's a great school in London. Uh, there oh. is a school. Are they um, virtual? Jeffrey Green's um, evolutionary astrology is out of, I believe, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, but there cool. are quite a few, believe it or not. Um, I'm almost positive there's one in San Francisco as well. Um, but Jeffrey Green's kind of the godfather of Ooh. evolutionary astrology. So definitely get a hold of some of his books to understand it a little a little deeper. And evolutionary astrology, I think that's what most people are interested in, is what is my purpose in life? Exactly. Um, but a lot of people also kind of want answers for why did I have to go through this as a child? Why mm-hmm. did I have to go through a divorce? Well, it helps you to understand it's all about learning your life lessons so the soul mm-hmm. can grow, um, mm-hmm. so, the, so that the soul can evolve. Yes. That's why it's evolutionary astrology. So you're given different lessons throughout the life to learn what it is you need to learn to see and acknowledge what you're releasing with the south node your karmic past Mm -hmm. um, and what you're developing into your hidden gifts and talents and where the soul longs to be to reach their highest potential and so evolutionary astrology is a platform for us to understand ourselves it's all about self-validation therefore maintaining our 
you know, developing self-love. Yes, and so many people are looking for that today, which is some reminds me, something you mentioned in class was we just entered the age of Aquarius. Yes. Can you briefly mention yes. what that is? So uh, December 21st, 2012, the big Mayan calendar shift. The that end everyone, of the world. The end of the world <laughs> was actually a shift out of the age of Pisces, which we were in for approximately 2,000 years, and into the age of Aquarius, which we will be now for 2,000 years. So we've been in it up almost a little over six years. And the age of Aquarius is the age of enlightenment the golden age. Remember that 70s song, the age of Aquarius. And so this is a time of remembering. It's uh, Aquarius has to do with downloads, insights, um, Mm -hmm. aha moments. And so it rules the higher consciousness. You said they're like the Einsteins. The Steve Jobs. Exactly. The iPhone. Exactly. So they're kind of like the futuristic types that are able to solve problems of today by thinking ahead of their time. They're usually very people who are very ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. And so Aquarius rules like lightning bolts. So it's lightning bolts of information coming into you. And so the age of Aquarius is an age where we kind of bring back this ancient knowledge, this ancient wisdom, Ooh. because the age of Pisces is kind of, we were very clouded. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the the unseen, you know, and dreamy, and 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 addictions and falsehoods and that sort of thing. And so, with the age of Aquarius, it's like we are able to receive our own information through meditation. And astrology rules Aquarius, and oh. so I believe that we will notice. Um, astrology already has been on the rise, but in the next 20 years, it's my belief that everyone will have their own personal astrologer because we are growing more and more interested and fascinated because it's basically a blueprint for who we are. And Mm -hmm. so self-understanding comes from understanding your blueprint, which is your birth chart. I found there's some people who would be so against astrology, but when I tell them like your sun and your moon, they're always like, hmm. Can you, can you tell me a little yeah, bit more? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else about what's my well? And, and even those are just you know I always like to say that those are just one side, one facade of mm-hmm. like a twelve facade yes. lens around you, an aspect of who you are. Um, and so you dive so much deeper by looking at all of the planets as well as your north and south node, which mm-hmm. has to do with your purpose, your destiny, what you're here to learn, um, your highest evolutionary path, as well as Chiron, your big wound that you came in to mm-hmm. heal. It's where we get triggered. So understanding what that is gives us the opportunity to do that work, to heal it yes. so that we are happier, so that we feel more complete. And, and, it, so and many, it's something that comes from the yes, inside. Yes. There's so many people that just look at their sun sign. Yes. Like for me as an example, I'm a Sagittarius. So yes. growing up, I knew I was a Sagittarius. I loved astrology since I was probably eight years old. But when it came to like having sleepovers or going somewhere and being social all night and all day, yeah. I was like, so, I can't stand this. I need to go home in my own bed and be alone. Even mm-hmm. my mom said that as like a two or three year old, whenever I wanted to take a nap, I, she had to close the door, give me my space, and be. That's so not Sagittarius. Well, Sagittarius <laughs> loves to go deep, and just so like they my don't alone. like superficial conversations. Oh. That's more of the Gemini. Gemini mm-hmm. is like I want to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. I want to get information from everyone. Sagittarius is like I know my truth. I'm the seeker, mm-hmm. and I just want to study and hone in on on this philo- my philosophy mm. of life. But I but they are the adventurous spirit. Yeah. They love travel. And I have that. But then I have moments where I'm like, I really want to go home. Yes. I really just want to be at home alone and bake cookies. But that's is that my so Taurus much? rising? No, no. That's actually your Scorpio moon. That's really? all Scorpio moon. I want to yes. go home and be alone. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I even now that I'm in tune and I speak my truth, I'll be with my friends having a lovely time dancing and rapping. All of a sudden, like something shifts and yes. you want to go home that second. And I'll tell them, like, hey, I got to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. I just need to be alone. And <laughs> Scor- that Scorpio energy, it's very internal. It likes mm-hmm. to go through their own kind of self transformation, self empowerment, death and rebirth. Those yes. are the major themes of it. But it's it has to do with. Um, working on yourself, healing yourself, 
And so a lot of that comes from Scorpio likes to be alone. I love it. I absolutely, people, when I travel alone and I stay at Airbnbs, people raise their brow and they're like, you're all alone? Traveling across the country? Yeah, right. Really? This right. cute little girl by herself? I'm like, oh yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's my story. You have to be able to be in your own kind of space to go through your process. Oh, and you know what else? When I got I got married young at twenty three or twenty four, mm-hmm. and even my mom was like, "Steph, I really didn't envision this. You're a free spirit, Sagittarius. Don't tie me down. Afraid of commitment. Why are you getting married so young? Is that Scorpio moon no, or Venus I, in Scorpio? No, yeah, like, actually, we have my I chart think, right here. I think that actually has a little bit to do with your Chiron and Cancer, like a longing for a family, a longing for I that connection. Said that. Yes. That what has to do with healing your big wound. I always said I didn't have a family, like a strong, tight knit. I so love you. you let's hug everybody. To create that for yourself to heal that wound. <sighs> yes, because we, when we don't, when we can't heal um, our wound with the person who triggered it, which for you it was your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, then we seek other people to come into our experience to kind of teach us that same lesson, although it might show up in a different way. You know what I always said about my ex-husband is he felt more like a father figure than a lover, than Mm -hmm. a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. He was just comfortable and safe and provided for me, took care of me. Yeah, and a lot of times people do fall into that, like wanting that safety. Yeah. Wanting that safety net. Um, And for you, that was, um, that gave you some grounding. And I needed that. And it made sense, which is your south node. It made sense, which your south node is what we're releasing because it was very logical. It looked good on paper. He looked good on paper. My south node's Virgo, and my north node's Pisces. Okay. And Pisces, like, I'm going to let go and trust. That's me now. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, so there is so much more to your sun sign, you guys. I know a lot of you listening are like, I'm going on a date and I'm a Sagittarius, but this is a Capricorn. Don't know how it's going to work out. I completely ignore that. Yeah, me too. I completely ignore that. With sun signs, I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So much more. I do sinistry charts, which are charts, compatibility charts between Mm -hmm. two people. And so the main things you look at in sinistry charts, I look at their north and south node, how they're compatible with one another, um, how they're going to influence each other with their north and south node. Are they going to help... um, you know, help with the growth, or are they going to block and inhibit growth within you? Also, you look at the Venus and Moon. Those are the, I mean, Venus and Mars. Those are the divine lovers. Mars is the masculine. Venus is the feminine. How are they speaking to one another in the chart? So how are they aspecting one another? Is it in a positive light or is it in a negative light? You also look at the sun and moon because that's kind of the masculine and feminine too. And the sun and the moon, like I said, your moon's in Scorpio. A sun in Scorpio would be a great match for you compatibility-wise. But even deeper, one of the major connections you want to look at is the midpoint. So the midpoint is the point between the sun and the moon for each person. And that is like the trigger point. And so you look to see that, let's say your midpoint's at 15 degrees Capricorn. I haven't Mm -hmm. looked it up, but we're just going to use that example. So we look at the other person's chart and see what planets are hitting off that 15 degrees Capricorn, and that's the magnet. That's more what you look at in sinistry readings than anything else. Wow. And that's, mm-hmm. So we have my chart pulled up here because, as you guys know, I pull birth charts, but I'm still in training, we'll call it. So <laughs> when I do birth chart readings for people, I'm very surface level. We just talk about these planets. This right. is actually my advanced chart is where we talk okay. about Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, okay. Neptune. Yes. And then I have a very basic for beginners, which is just sun, moon, and rising. Because okay. Like we were saying earlier, this is a whole new language. This is a and different language. And for people language. very interested in it, just telling them their moon sign in addition, they're like, whoa, What? Right. So I don't even discuss housing placements or aspects. I will one day, but right. I need to be trained on that right. first. Right. So and and getting into other asteroids too. Yes, the um, asteroids. Getting into Juno about commitment. I also look at Juno when I do synastry readings because it's the committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about looking at the black moon where you draw the line, the divine feminine. The asteroids bring in a different element into the reading. And you said there's an asteroid that can tell you if someone's cheating on you. That's the black moon, Lilith. Oh, my <laughs> God. 
I want mine done. No, that is just incredible. <laughs> so just to give everyone an example of what each planet means. So we have my birth chart in front of you. And feel free to, you can hit chart and look okay. at my housing placements. But, okay. So Tara knows a little bit about me. We've spent about an hour chatting before we hit record. So if you hear her say, like, that's because of your mother. Or that's because your parents are divorced. She knows. We've been chatting. <laughs> she knows me now. So what do you think of my chart? Okay. I have a lot of fire and a lot of water, but also a lot of you earth. You have a lot of earth. I have no air. So you have no air. None. Which is interesting because that's all the intellectual mind, you know, but it's also a bit of an ungrounded energy. So mm-hmm. all that earth, all that Capricorn you have, you're very rooted. You're mm-hmm. very grounded. That fire is your drive and your kind of your will for life, your enthusiasm in a sense. And then all the water is kind of your psychic abilities, your intuitive yes. abilities, sensitivities, that a lot sort of, of those. thing, being able to feel into another and see oh. where they're at. Um, but let's look at your chart. Okay. So your sun is in Sagittarius in the yes. seventh house. So the sun is where you shine. Um, it's how you identify with yourself. Is it your ego? It's kind of your ego, but some people believe um, that actually Pluto is the ego. Pluto's oh. more of your ego than the sun. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get to mine. Yes. Um, so your sun is more how you see you. Oh, and I do see myself as a free spirit. Let's yes. travel everywhere. I yes. know no strangers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And oh. and they are, you know, actually Sagittarians are the life of the party. I am. Yes. <laughs> They are. Because I love everyone. They love travel. They love philosophy. They love the pursuit of truth and their belief system. And really, Sagittarius and Pisces are the most spiritual signs in the zodiac. Your north node is in Pisces, pulling you there. And your sun is there. It's how you identify with who you are. But the interesting thing is that it's in your seventh house, which rules the partnership. So it's kind of like how you identify who you are is through the partner. Now, do you say romantic partner or business partner? Well, the seventh house can rule any close one-on-one relationship. It's not always romantic. It can be business partner. It can be a best friend. It can even be a family member. But it's someone that you have a really close, intense relationship with. And so it's kind of like you saw yourself when you were younger through how other people saw you. Yep. Through their eyes. Yep. Yes. Never my own. So that has to do with the placement of the sun. So you see why that's significant. Wow. Yes. Because in my fifth grade yearbook, I wrote, when I grow up, I want to be a rapper. (laughs) I love hip hop. But my mom always told me, like, get a real career. Like, you can't have a career in music. You won't make mm-hmm. money. Exactly. And you were probably really excited about being a rapper. Oh, my God. Jupiter's like, go big or go home. Like, yeah. Where can I expand? Even if know? I wasn't a superstar, I wanted to just make beats or design a concert set. I wanted to do something with music so bad. Yes. But I never did because I thought it won't make money. Right. And I want to be a mom someday. And you can't be a DJ or a rapper and be a mom. I will say, talking about becoming a mother, the fifth house rules the child and you've got the south node there so your first child will be someone from your karmic past so basically you and your firstborn child um, you have unfinished business that you need to complete in this life wow Mm -hmm. and probably some of your very close best friends because you have your north node in the 11th house of friendships some of your best friends will be with you in the next life Oh, mm-hmm. I've already had some come to mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, so let's talk about your moon. So yeah. your moon is in a stellium, which means when three planets are in a 10-degree orb. So you have your moon, Venus, and Pluto all sitting together within 10 degrees in Scorpio in your sixth house of healing and mm-hmm. health and wellness. And so Pluto's the planet of transformation Mm -hmm. so this is like a death and rebirth this is where you come into your power and probably when you went through your sickness Mm -hmm. and you took charge Mm -hmm. you became the authoritative figure you stepped into your power i totally did yes i wrote a book about it i did so there you go so that's pluto i'm gonna step into my power then you've got venus there venus has to do with even valuing valuing yourself self-love self-worth self-confidence, self-esteem. What do I value? I value healing. I value real connection, which is what uh, Scorpio is. Going deep 
with another, seeing the truth, seeing the mm-hmm. raw truth. Even if it hurts, I want to know the truth. When I meet know? someone, a complete don't even know their first name, I'm like, what happened in your childhood to make you act like this? Yes, that's that deep kind of direct, intense Scorpio energy. Yes. And then your moon there is, and your moon is your emotions. It's mm. also your personality. So, you know, your personality is actually that, that Scorpio energy. So when oh. you, again, you, you want to go home, you've been out having fun with your friends, and all of a sudden something shifts... And I it's run. like, it's just who you are, you know? And they're and like, so what did I do? The moon like, is the way I express myself. So it's kind of interesting doing the type of work that you do because it's all in the house of healing. So it's helping others heal themselves because it's what you value. Venus is there. Mm-hmm. It's Pluto, how you step into your power and you want to help empower them. And then you've also got the moon there. And it's like you're expressing your own experience of how you healed yourself. And Scorpio is that. Let me be the shaman. I've already walked through the shadow of death. I know the way. Let me lead you. That is exactly how Lightworkers Lounge was born. Exactly. Is I have my spiritual awakening. I thought, I can't keep this to myself. Mm-hmm. I know there's more people out there. And then previously, I was a holistic health coach, as I told you, with Which women. again, that, this yes. is all resonating with your sixth house yes. of health and, and healing. healing and wellness. But I stepped out of that a little bit because I, when I would have sessions with clients, we would never talk about diet and food. It would always be emotions and healing That's your Scorpio. inner world. And, and honestly, isn't that what all physical ailments stem yep. from? Yep. And so it's like, there's that Scorpio. I'm going to go deep. I'm going to be direct. I'm going to be intense with yep. you. And a lot of people have a hard time dealing with that. They did. But they're like, can you just tell me what to eat? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, no, no. You need to solve the relationship with your father first. <laughs> okay. So that's the moon. So your rising sign is in Taurus. Taurus. So rising is it. how other people see and view you. And Taurus is people see you as very grounded, very earthy, very rooted. I walk Maybe barefoot like everywhere. Maybe you out in nature. Exactly. I, I still and climb trees. ruled by Venus was very beautiful. And you are a very beautiful <laughs> woman. You. And other people see you that way. Mm. And, and it's like they value you. They know that you're dependable. They know that you're loyal. They trust you. Wow, they do. People always say, you know, I've never told this to anyone, but I feel so comfortable. I'm just gonna tell you my whole life because I know that I can trust you and you're loyal and you're dependable. And my Scorpio moon is like, tell me more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tell Tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Yes. Yes. Wow. Exactly. I love that. I love my Taurus rising. Yes. Now, one thing that throws me off is I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. You do have a lot of Capricorn, and that's all that grounding again. And your Capricorn is and I do in love being an entrepreneur. That ninth house. So, what is the ninth house? My spiritual pursuits, oh. my spiritual truths, and I'm going to ground it because what does Capricorn do? It builds a strong foundation. It materializes things in the physical world, and that's exactly what you've done. Oh my. I'm going to write a book. And you have Neptune there. And the ninth house rules the house of publishing. And Neptune, I'm going to share a book about my spiritual belief systems. And I'm going to give you a step-by-step, which is more of that concrete Capricorn energy, how to find your own spiritual path and your own spiritual truth. You know, I've never been a reader. I love books, but I love to write them and publish them and hold the hard copy in my hand. <laughs> so third and ninth house rule the the publish there, the publishing houses. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I just had a very spiritual person last week told me, Have you ever thought about writing books? I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> Actually, one I have down, one. <laughs> many to go. Oh, wow. So you can see there's so much. There's so much to learn. More than just your sun in Sagittarius. That's my own. Wait, I have Mercury in Sagittarius. You also have Mercury in Sagittarius. So Mercury is communication and the way that you express yourself. And your Mercury's in that eighth house. And remember, eighth house rules that more secretive, the, the... the, the, it's more of that intense house. Like, so let's talk about the taboo subjects. Oh. Let's talk about death and sex and birth I, oh. and money and <laughs> things you're not allowed to talk about by society. And it's saying, yes, let's go there. I'm yeah. not afraid. And Sagittarius is like, I'm not only going to go there, I'm going to go big and I'm going to tell the world about it oh, yeah. too. Some of which the you are. 
<laughs> some of the questions I ask people, when it's the right person, they're like, oh, I've been waiting to talk about this. Yes. When it's the wrong, they're like, oh, it's too much. What? It's Did too piercing. Have? Yes, it's too personal. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with you. You're going to get personal. Yes. You have a lot of, you have three planets in uh, Scorpio, and you have three planets in oh. your Scorpio house, which is the eighth house. But you know what? I come off like with those big questions, but I think my Venus and my Taurus rising make me soft. So people are really like, okay, you I'll tell say you. it in enough grounded way yeah. that they don't think it's like too much. Yeah. Even though it is extremely personal, <laughs> if someone else asked them that, they might not trust them, but you've gained their trust. Ooh. Yes. And I am very good at keeping secrets. I do know. There you go. When someone tells Scorpio me a secret, energy I'm too. going to the grave with it. Yeah. Now, I do have one Aries placement, Mars. What does that mean? Mars so and Aries. So Mars is our will, our drive. Um, oh. Mars loves being in Aries. It's its home sign. It's oh. the ruler of Aries, so it likes being there. Um, Mars is where we're, where we're going to put all of our energy, our drive, our will, our force, where we're the spiritual warrior. Yours is in the 12th house, cool. which rules the house of the dreams, the house of the subconscious. You love to, it's like a shovel almost. Cool. It's like I'm going to pierce into my subconscious and see what's going on there. And Aries has a lot to do with, like, there's a lot of ideas coming in. And mm-hmm. so that 12th house is the spiritual world, but it also rules my karmic past. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that, that subconscious. So understanding that part of yourself is where you have a lot of drive in your life. I'm going through a lot of shifts and changes in life right now. As a holistic health coach, I know that times like this are when it's most important that I give my body an extra boost of vitamins and minerals to help keep my energy levels high, to get a good night's rest, and of course, to manage the inevitable stress. That is why I'm thrilled to partner with Care of Vitamins, a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door every month. I used to work in an all-natural supplement shop. I know how overwhelming it can be to figure out which supplement is best for you. Care Of makes it easy to find out what your body specifically needs to be your healthiest. Care Of has a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. It only takes about five minutes to complete, and you immediately receive your personal, scientifically-backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders, and more. I can really appreciate that Carob also offers vegan and vegetarian supplement options as well. You guys know I'm a holistic health coach. I already have a good idea of what supplements my body needs, so I was excited to put Carob to the test. And I can honestly say they nailed it. In my personal monthly packets of Care Of, I have a biotin supplement for my hair, skin, and nails, a probiotic to keep my gut healthy, and a women's multivitamin. They come in a dispensary box too, so traveling around the country with it has been a breeze. I look forward to grabbing my Care Of packet with breakfast every day. The inspirational quotes or fun fact of the day are great ways to put my phone down and spark a conversation at the table. For 30% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter Lightworkers30. Again, for 30% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter Lightworkers30. You know, I do. I come up with tons of ideas like, you know what? I want to be a health coach. I'll go and get certified. You know what? I want to publish a book. But this is the thing about the Aries energy. It has all these ideas it doesn't always see all of them through because there's so many. It's like a spark. It's a spark. And so it's like, I have 500 ideas, and maybe some of them will get done, not all of them, but this is what you know gets me excited. Wow. And when I wanted to publish a podcast, I was like, I want to do it. So I self-taught myself overnight, stayed up all night. That's that drive. That's that <laughs> will. That's, that's the warrior. Nothing's going to stop me. It never does. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I knew it. I was like, where do I get my drive from? People ask me all the time, you self-taught yourself how to use a camera and become a photographer, how right. to publish and produce a podcast. Yeah. I just, when I want to do something, I do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Aries energy. That's the Aries energy. Wow. Now, can we go back to Mercury? Yes. So when Mercury is in retrograde, which speaking of, the last Mercury retrograde we had, which was I think in February, March, uh-huh. um, that was intense. Do you remember that? I believe it was in March. It was in March. So, 
remember in the beginning of the episode when we said we're in the age of Aquarius? Now people, I don't know if you noticed this, but the last Mercury retrograde, Mercury retrograde was number one trending in Google searches. I did not know that. And it was on the weather channel, like Mercury's in retrograde. That is how mainstream it's becoming. Exactly. I was like, oh Give it another 10 years. (laughs) People want to know. Mercury retrograde happens three times a year for approximately three weeks. And so it's a time of rethinking, reviewing, reevaluating what is and isn't working in our mm-hmm. life. It's not a time to start any new projects, not a time to sign contracts, buy a car, not a time buy to a buy any electronics. <laughs> You're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. What it is is about uh, cleaning up the, the old to-do list, mm-hmm. completing old projects, not a time to have a conversation because no one's thinking clearly and no one's hearing what the other person's saying. Holy. It's prone with accidents, car accidents, breakups, fights, breakups, <laughs> but a lot of decisions that you make during Mercury retrograde don't stick when it goes to What if you get married during Mercury retrograde? There's going to be a lot of It's okay to get married during Mercury retrograde, but usually like the cake won't show up or this oh. gets lost or there's, a, you know, it's, it's a lot of fires to put out. Um. You, the time you don't want to get married is during Venus retrograde because Write Venus that down. rules love. <laughs> oh. So never get married. How often does that happen? It happens, I believe, every year and a half. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow, I wonder. For if about I'll... six weeks. Yes. I got married June 1st, 2013. We'll have to look. I know. We'll have we'll. to look. Wow, which speaking of, so we were looking at my housing placements. This is something I've almost mastered is what each house means. So yes. I might begin offering that. I don't know. But we were talking about how I've been divorced. And does yes. that show in my housing placements? It doesn't show that you've been divorced. But the seventh house is the first marriage. The seventh yes. house is the first marriage and the ninth house is the second marriage. What we would have to do is do a progress chart. So I do forecasting and readings, which means I read the future. And so basically, we're looking at your birth chart. So this is significant from your time of birth. This is your blueprint for your life, the major themes. The progress chart shows us how the planets have moved and shifted since your time of birth. They've changed signs. they changed planets. So when you got divorced, we could see that in your progress chart because it was accurate for that time period. And then I put a third wheel on top, which is where the planets are in the sky, because you need the planets in the sky to hit off the inner wheels for the experience to happen and take place. Oh. So, for instance, Jupiter moving into the seventh house, that can release the relationship uh, because Jupiter releases things. Pluto ends things. Mars will also, it's the sword, it will also sever things. Um, sometimes even Capricorn or Saturn moving into the seventh house because that's when, wherever Saturn is in your chart, things can get very complicated, very difficult. It feels like a weight. Where's mine? Mine's in Capricorn. Is that rough? No, because uh, Saturn loves being in Capricorn in because it's house. its home sign. But oh. so what it's saying, the eighth house is the house of self-transformation and self-empowerment, death and rebirth, working with the soul. Pluto is the soul and the ego. So Capricorn says, do your work, be responsible, be mature, build a strong foundation. I'm not going to let you get out of this. Oh. So this is where your work is. And you have three planets in your eighth house. Dang, that's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of death and rebirth, which yes. I have experienced Major that. themes in your life. Now, you said the ninth house, if someone gets a divorce, I think it's a second marriage, is the second, second marriage. marriage. Ninth, house ninth house is the second marriage. And I have And you have Cap- Neptune there. Neptune. You have Neptune. Well, Capricorn is the sign on the cusp of the house. Oh. So that tells us the energy of the relationship and of that next relationship, relationship the next partner in marriage. Um, Does that mean they'll be a Capricorn? No. It means they have the characteristics of Capricorn, which is someone who's reliable, someone who's your rock, financially stable, mature. Mm. Sometimes it means the older male. (laughs) The older male. Wow. But they're imbued with those qualities. And you've got Neptune in your ninth house. Neptune is the planet of my dreams coming true. So this could be... You know, either planet can have, each planet has a positive and a negative. The positive of Neptune in your ninth house is, I meet the man of my dreams. The negative would be someone with addictions 
or a mental illness because that also rules Neptune. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Covered in chills. <laughs> that is incredible. So something to look out for and be aware of. Now, something else I want to point out, because a lot of my listeners know, uh, I come from a broken family. I mm-hmm. never really knew my dad, never had a relationship with him, never lived with him, never around. I never had any father figure. My mom never got remarried. Um, and I'm not, uh, she's my best friend, but she's not like motherly. We're best right. friends. We're partners. Right. I love her to death. Now, my fourth and tenth house, isn't that what represents the fourth is mother, tenth is mother, tenth is father? There's nothing. And that's okay. It doesn't really necessarily have to do with that. Um, Your fourth house, you've got Leo there. So your mother maybe has a lot of pride. She was focused on herself. She has Leo moon. (laughs) There you go. Um, And so she did what she needed to do, but maybe in a little bit more... uh, an immature way. She was more focused on herself, less Mm -hmm. focused on you. Mm -hmm. Um, Your father is ruled by Aquarius, which means he's checked out. He's avoidant. He's emotionally completely unavailable. That's the negative aspects of of, of Aquarius. Now, I know I've had some people ask because they've done their own research, and they're like, okay, the fifth house is the house of children and leisurely. So if I have nothing in the fifth house, that means I'm never going to have children. No, that's not true. Can you debunk that? (laughs) That's not true because it more, you know, the fifth house also rules romantic partners. So maybe that's not where you have to learn your lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, It also rules my creative expression, Mm -hmm. what I do creatively, the arts. So is it true when you have an empty house, that just means it won't be a major it's theme? It's not a major area it doesn't of mean your you life won't have that kids, you have to just work on. Your kids won't really play a huge role. A lot of really uh, like actresses or singers, or their fifth house is stacked with planets because that's where oh. they're gifted. Mm. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So I have a lot in the sixth. I have three in the sixth, three in the eighth. Yes. Death and rebirth and healing. I mean, yes. that's exactly. Yes. That's where... And then teaching people how to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's all that Scorpio energy. Yeah. I'm walking this path. Now let me guide you. Yeah. Okay. And now, that, that's the shamanic journey. That's me. And that's Pluto. I love it. That's the soul. I, I like thrive. Watching you teach that workshop, I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to teach. I want to host like full moon circles and just talk about our emotions and really deep stuff. Mm-hmm. I love when people cry. <laughs> well, and even, you know, we were talking about your Chiron being in cancer. Chiron, yeah. your big wound with it being in cancer. Let's it's talk like, about Chiron. Okay. What is it? So Chiron has to do with where salt gets rubbed in our wound. Ooh. It's, it's <laughs> good analogy. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, something that may or may not be from a past life. It could be something that we experienced earlier in this life, in mm-hmm. childhood. So with yours being in cancer, cancer has um, it's it has to do with my emotions. It has to do with extreme sensitivity. It has That's to me. do with uh, vulnerability. Are, were, was it hard for you to show your emotions and God, be vulnerable? Yes. So bad I got the thyroid issue, which is not speaking your truth and not speaking at all. And... And cancer also rules the family and the mother. Yes. And you felt unnurtured. Yes. You didn't feel loved. You didn't feel like you had that uh, caring energy, yeah. that that mothering energy. Yeah. And for those listening that don't know, I grew up with me, my mom, my brother, and my brother has Asperger's. So he got most of the attention, of course, which I totally, as an adult, understand why. A single parent having to deal with two kids, one of them with special needs, of course. But as a result, I didn't get that nurturing motherly energy so until you heal this wound if you don't heal it you have to uh, repeat it in the next life it doesn't go away it's kind of like the north node if you don't do your work if you don't find what your lessons are and experience them and don't kind of develop your gifts you have to repeat it again like there's no getting out of it it's like you either evolve and you can move on to the next phase yeah. or you stay stunted in your growth and you just have to keep repeating it and the lessons get bigger and bigger so that you can no longer ignore them. They get more wow. intense. So Chiron is there to say, heal this wound that you have. You not, you're not your wound. Mm-hmm. But the only way we can really, I believe, 
feel complete is if we heal this part of ourselves. And we all come in with it. We all have something that we need to heal. It's just understanding how it shows up, how it manifests. What are some ways to heal a chironic cancer by having my own family and being I think, a nurturing I mother? I think you being a mother will be very healing for you for to be wound. able to show up for your mm-hmm. child the way that your mother was not able to for oh. you. I think it will be very healing. I crave a family. But the biggest piece is being able to share your emotions and allow yourself to be vulnerable. With anyone? With everyone and oh. express it. Because it's like this overall need for security and safety. I don't feel safe to share my feelings. It's exactly. like the crap. I don't want to shake shell. things up. Don't want to yes. hurt any feelings. Mm-hmm. So I keep it all in. Wow. What's your Chiron in? My Chiron's in Taurus. Oh. So my healing has to do with knowing my worth, valuing myself, self-love. Oh, and so it's the second house. It, well, it is, is is the second house, but my Chiron's not in my second oh, house. Oh, that's right. The Chiron will be in a house, too. Yeah, it can be. Mine's in, in the a, second. Yours is in the second. Isn't that money? So and- it is a financial house, but it also has to do with value systems and love. Oh. So you being able to express mm-hmm. yourself um, and your values, what you value with the people you love and in your love relationships. And that's why I've always been like, I'm going to, I always said as a teenager, I'm going to be a mom by the time I'm 25. Had it all planned this out. This is because you really just a deeper part of you wanted to heal it because you didn't feel like you could with your mother. Mm-hmm. So then we invite other people into our lives to heal it that way. Wow. Because someone's going to help us work on it, whether it's the people who initially helped, you know, helped us to get the wound. Mm-hmm. Or other people that kind of play in and it manifests in a different way, but it's still teaching you the same lesson. And my first husband, he really did teach me unconditional love. And so that For was sure. huge. That was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a strong soulmate. And we had a soul contract for sure. But it was up, and I learned the lesson. And mm-hmm. it just... And it got it got released at mm-hmm. your Saturn return it at did. age 28 and a half. Yes. So the Saturn oh return God. is a physical shift in our life where we are ready to create a, a strong foundation. There was a crack in that foundation mm-hmm. in that relationship. And usually we get engaged, we get married, we get divorced, we get pregnant, we have a baby, we change careers, or we move to a new location. Those are some of the major characteristics. I changed careers and moved to a different location and got divorced. It defines us kind of stepping in. In astrology, you're not an adult until you reach your Saturn return. Wow. Forget about 18 or 20. What what happened to you during your Saturn return? I moved to Hawaii. Oh, you did? Yes. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So wow. mine was actually a pretty fun Saturn return, which mm-hmm. usually there can be a heaviness, but I wrote four journals in one year and spent more time by myself than I ever had in my life. Talk about a shift. Yes. You were probably a completely different person by the time exactly. you came out of that. It was a time of deep introspection, but I also have my Neptune running through Kauai in my astrocartography. We were talking about that. Which is where your planets run across the sky across the globe. So you can put a globe up and see where your planets are running across. So Neptune can be very daydreamy. It can be very ungrounded. It can be very like lost in another world. Yeah. And so that was the energy I experienced living in Kauai because it's like I couldn't really get grounded there. I was a little bit never, never land. I didn't feel a part of the world and society. I just was like in my own world I created. We need to have a whole episode on astrocartography. After you do mine, and then we can read mine for a whole episode. (laughs) Because this blows my mind as someone who's lived. I went to college in Las Vegas, born and raised in southern Indiana. So all those significant places you've lived, it's so interesting to go back and see what you know, what attracted you to that area? Yeah. When I moved, I got married and moved to South Carolina. Everyone's like, why? Is I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just supposed uh, to I'm be just there. supposed to be there. And that's where I had my spiritual awakening. And I can't wait till you read my chart because when I pulled mine oh, up briefly last that month. That would make me think that Uranus was running through I there. think it was because when I read mine, it was something like, you'll be so happy and you'll be enlightened and see the world differently when you live here. And Uranus rules that sudden shifts, sudden changes, aha moments, the downloads, the flashes of enlightenment. Yes. 
Oh, I'm so shift in perspective. That's gonna be a whole episode because we. Oh, I love it. But okay, I went to your workshop two days ago, and it was all about finding your purpose in life, which a lot of us all are trying to do. That's just our goal. What am I here for? Yeah. As a light, well, a lot of people who have awakened to being a light worker, they're like, okay, I know this. So what am I supposed to do? North and South Node. It's what are they? All about the North and South Node. So the North Node, understanding what sign your North Node is as well as what house it is. So first of all, the nodes of the moon have to do with the plan- the orbit of the moon around the earth at the time of your birth. Mm-hmm. And the nodes are always in exact opposite signs from one another. So the north node has to do with our highest evolutionary growth, our highest potential, our destiny, what we can evolve into if we do our work. And so it's our hidden gifts and talents. It's stepping outside of the comfort zone Mm -hmm. in order to grow, uh, to be our most expansive self. And so understanding what, uh, what your North Node is in, you get a deeper understanding of your purpose, of why you're here, of your life lessons, of what, where the soul longs to go. Let's use mine. Uh, Mine's in Pisces. My north node. Your north node is in Pisces. So basically what what you're learning has to do with um, stepping outside of the material world, Mm -hmm. which is where you came from in a past life with your south node. Because the south node really has a lot to do with who we were in a past life, our karmic past that we hold on to. And your to. south node is always the exact opposite. opposite. So opposite Pisces is Virgo. Virgo. So okay. you're a Virgo south node. So as a Virgo south node, you were very focused on the here and now. You were very detail-oriented. You were like a doctor doing surgery, and it was all about logic and what made sense. Uh-huh. So you mastered that. So in this lifetime, you are doing the exact opposite. You are learning to let go. You are learning to trust and have faith in the unknown. You are learning that everything is happening in divine timing, and you don't have to control it. That's the biggest number one lesson. <laughs> this is Lightworkers Lounge, what I preach to them every week. Your biggest lesson is letting go of control and trusting in the unknown to surrender to a higher power. This is your purpose. Wow. And Pisces and Sagittarius are the two most spiritual signs in the zodiac. And so Pisces is like, when I open up to the unseen world, when mm-hmm. I follow my spiritual path, when I trust in the unknown and have faith and see that everything is interconnected and working out divinely and I don't have to force it or control it, then I know I'm living my highest truth. So do you think my Sagittarius son compliments that? It does complement it because Sagittarius is also a very spiritual Ah. sign. It's helping you to stay focused on your truths, your beliefs, your philosophy in life. So for people who would like come to class and say, okay, well, am I supposed to be a priest then or like a monk? Like what, how can people take that knowledge and say, okay, well, am I supposed to be a teacher? Or a well, it nurse? helps you. I mean, by understanding what your gifts are, uh, you can you can find um, a career that's more suitable for you that you mm-hmm. feel fulfilled, that your soul feels fulfilled, yes. because you're tapping into your innate gifts. Mine would be anything where I connect with people on a soul on level, a, on, a, on a spiritual, spiritual level, level, which is exactly and what you I do. Teach them to trust, and you teach them to open up. To the unknown. So via books and podcasts and surrendering. Yes, exactly. I found my purpose. You did. Wow. (laughs) And with your south node being in Virgo, Mm -hmm. the south node has to do with what we're releasing, what we're letting go of. It's unhealthy patterns that we can habitually fall back into. It's where we self-sabotage because it's comfortable, but there's no growth there. We mastered it in a past life. We get pulled into it. And it usually manifests as the negative aspects of that sign. So the negative aspects of Virgo has to do with being judgmental, critical, and usually that's self-directed. Yep. I've had so many of my friends say, Steph, you are so mean to yourself. Exactly. I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) I'm OCD. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is internally directed and and so there's little weight of you know room for error for yourself it's no self-compassion 
there. And so another big thing with Virgo South Node is people that have mental chaos because Mm -hmm. Virgo is that mind chatter ruled by Mercury (laughs) and anxiety. And those are huge characteristics of a Virgo gone wild. And so many people are like, you need to hire help for Lightworkers Lounge. I'm like, I cannot. I have to be in. But so a good practice would be to surrender that control. Tara, you give me anxiety thinking about it. Because I'm like, this is my baby. They'll ruin it. (laughs) The best medicine for a Virgo South Node is meditation. That's how you quiet and silence that worried mind that wants to go down the path of the worst case scenario. And if we know we create with our thoughts, why would we give that any attention? Wow. Mm -hmm. Obsessive worry. And Virgo was another sign. I was like, "Mm, don't resonate with them. Little did I know. (laughs) Actually, a lot of your Virgo people in your life probably mirror negative aspects of yourself that you don't want to look at. Yeah, I do look at some of them, and I'm like, ooh, I'm so glad I don't have that. I would never do that. I would never do that. God, what? They are so uptight. And then I go home, and I'm like, projection. It's a projection. Everyone, I've realized, is everyone is a projection. I never take anything personally. Like, I used to play the victim a lot. Like, I'm bullied. People are so mean to me. But now I can look at it and be like, oh, they're mirroring something to be healed, something I need to work on, or something I, too, have wrong with me that I need to fix. Mm-hmm. It's incredible when you start to look at relationships in life like that. Oh, yes. You don't take anything personal anymore. And when you look at it as, oh, they're here to help me learn my lessons, so instead yes. I'm going to thank them. Yes. That's what I, everyone's a teacher. Thank you for the lessons. And that's yes. why when I got a divorce, there was no animosity, no anger. It was just gratitude. Just gratitude. Oh, my God. And that I love. So we're looking at a paper here that you gave us in class. Part of my Virgo South Node was staying in unpleasant situations. Too long because you're comfortable there. It's exactly and it makes logical sense. This man is good on paper. He's good to me. Why on earth would I ever get divorced? Why is my intuition and my but heart saying no? What you truly desire with Pisces is someone you can spiritually connect with. Yes. And you probably could not spiritually connect with him in any no. way. So it wasn't fulfilling your soul. It wasn't at all. But my intellectual mind's like, how could you, how would you even tell someone? Like, listen, you're great. We have a lot of fun. But you know what I like to say? We're no longer a vibrational match. The agreement, <gasps> the contract is finished. I said Thank that you. in my podcast. I said our soul contract is just up. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But you know what finally got me to do it was thinking that this man has his dream partner. He, this man is going to have children someday. And all of that is just wait, those people and those energies are waiting for him. And I'm being selfish for just holding on to him because it's comfortable. Exactly. And I thought of all those people and their emotions and their feelings. I said, I need to let him go. Yes. Reach into that. Yes. And that was the final straw where I was like, okay, I'll do it for them. Those people that I don't even know exist. Exactly. And for him, because if you really love someone, Mm -hmm. you want them. Last act of unconditional love is you want the best for them, even if it's not with you. Exactly. Is that my Pisces North Node speaking? (laughs) Well, it is kind of like I'm so, it's a oneness. I'm Mm -hmm. so connected with all things and all people. Yes. You know what I mean? So regardless if you're with him or not, Mm -hmm. you want that for everyone. Yes. Oh, that's exactly it. Because you're all connected anyway. Yes. That is so true. So you offer chart readings. I do. Yes. I offer one-on-one personal readings um, where we look at the birth chart to see the major themes, talk about your north node, your purpose. Yes, because I think after this episode, a lot of people are going to be calling you like, (laughs) what's my north and south node? What is my purpose in life? And your Chiron. And do you do just north and south node readings? Not usually. I mean, I always... You combine them? I combine them, Mm. yes. I definitely will 
talk about them. Um, and then we look at the progress chart, which is more accurate for what's going on for you today, who you are today, because yes. you're not who you were at the time of birth. Mm-hmm. And then go into the future and do forecastings and tell you events that were, are more likely to conspire in the future by looking at the timing of when the planets will be moving around into different houses and what will be hit off. Ooh. So that is actually my most favorite yeah. uh, type of work is, is looking into the future. And where can people sign up for these at? Is it terajadenichols.com? So, Tara Tara yes. um, and you can also find me on Instagram at terajadenichols.com star yes so go follow her check her out and we have been talking for like three hours and you guys we've been chatting for so long before we even (laughs) hit record you got to come back on the podcast maybe to talk about astrocartography and as you were mentioning before in july we have a lot of eclipses coming up we have two eclipses happening in july which are times of major change it's always very intense the veil between the world opens and a quickening happens in our life we get catapulted forward on our path like it or not oh here it comes okay and then class you mentioned something at the end of it about was it pluto next year what's that huge event okay really there's quick. a huge <laughs> event happening in 2020 between march and october mm-hmm. and that is Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter are all meeting in the sky in the sign of Capricorn, which hasn't happened in 800 years. And so a lot of astrologers are calling it the Great Transformation because Pluto's about transformation, death, and rebirth. Saturn's about grounding, you know, what what needs to fall away so that something new, more grounded more that longer lasting Mm -hmm. it's like building a new foundation for society as a whole Mm -hmm. and jupiter is expansion so it Mm -hmm. magnifies it it blows it up in a big way so it can no longer be ignored and a lot of times saturn rules the patriarchy so it can be a transformation out of the patriarchal system like government yes oh oh boy (coughs) i'm ready for that oh goodness and it's Interesting that next year we also election the year. election year we oh have five women running for president. Oh, I didn't so it's realize be fascinating. that. The old patriarchal traditional systems are most likely going to change and transform, and so wow, it's going to be very powerful. And the, like October, November is when we vote, and oh my gosh. 2020 bring it on you'll have to come back on do a podcast episode like in the middle of that how are you guys feeling (laughs) out there you alive (laughs) what's going on that something popped my mind as you were talking about that have you heard of the pluto and scorpio scorpio generation it's something like the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which is my generation. I was born in okay. 88. Okay. We're here to like shift the world or change things. Well, Pluto in Scorpio, yeah. it's its home sign. It yep. loves being in Scorpio. Scorpio is the, the, the transformation agent. Self-transformation, ah. self-empowerment. Let's talk about what's been swept under the rug. Let's talk about the taboo. I'm going to talk about my feelings. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about all these things that everyone wants to hide. You know, it's it's like exposing the truth on a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And Pluto changes signs every, what is it, It, it moves very slowly. Yeah, so that's why it's a whole generation, because it's years when it's yes. just... What's yes. your Pluto in? My Pluto's in Libra. Oh, mm-hmm. so what does that mean? Transformation of relationships. Ah! Oh, I love that. Yes. One more question. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> but you travel a lot. Yes. You're, and I always, I was like, are you a Sagittarius? <laughs> You're so good at teaching. You're into astrology. You travel all over. You've been living out of your car for 11 months. Yes, basically. So, you know, anybody on paper would be like, you've got to be a Sagittarius through and through. So what in your chart would describe that type of personality? So the, the Sagittarian house would be the ninth house. Yes. That's the house of travel, foreign mm-hmm. cultures, long distance. And I have Mars there. Mars is my drive, my will. It's oh. the very thing that kind of lights me up, what I'm excited about, what I have a lot of enthusiasm for. That Mars, I charge forward in my spiritual pursuits teaching what I love, astrology, tarot, yoga, oh. and 
and it's in that ninth house of spirituality, and so it's travel in foreign cultures. And you're getting married to a man from Mexico, (laughs) which I absolutely love. So that would be Mars in your ninth house. Not so much. That's more of my Juno, which is the asteroid of the committed partnership, is is in Sagittarius, which rules foreign cultures, foreign men. I met him in a foreign culture in Mexico. He is a foreigner. Wow. So that's more related to my Juno. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool I love that yeah because you're a Scorpio with an Aries moon Scorpio rising I'd be like no way you have a home and children and meditate (laughs) but when you have a a lot of Scorpio in your chart yeah and I have Scorpio on my first house of self my rising sign I'm all about self-transformation I have moved I've recreated my life and myself so many times because that's what feeds my soul I'm never stagnant. I'm constantly dying and being rebirthed as the phoenix rising from the ashes, which is one of the the signs of Scorpio. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Tara, you're amazing. Thank you. You are. (laughs) If you guys would like to work with her, visit her website, Tara Jade Nichols. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-S, TaraJadeNichols.com, or find her on Instagram, at Tara Jade Star, and you are going to be a frequent guest. So, <laughs> if you guys forget this information, it will always be in the show notes, and I'm going to blast her all over our Instagram, so you will know about her. She is so incredible. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming for on the me. show, Tara. We will see you again. Enter everyone else. I will see you next week on the show, Premium Plan subscribers. You're going to have a wonderful episode this Friday. Bye, guys. <laughs>